welcome to the latest edition of the Seafood News Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Erner Berry, and I just wanted to let you listeners know that you too could sponsor these podcasts. All you have to do is contact our advertising department, that's advertise at earnerberry.com, or you can just give us a call at 732-240-5330, and you may even get the chance to speak to me, so... Call on in for some more information. So I'm marketing assistant Nicole Christie, and here with me as always is Seafood News staff writer Amanda Buckle. Hello, Nicole, and hello everyone else, and happy Monday. Happy Monday. So if you guys have been listening to us for the past few weeks, you know that we start off this podcast by plugging the Erneberry booth at Seafood Expo North America. (laughs) That's right, Nicole. Seafood Expo North America is taking place in Boston from March 11th to the 13th. So that's coming up pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Like a week. I'm ready for it. (laughs) You're ready for it? Hopefully it's not going to be too cold up there. I know. Well, so, uh, spoiler, we actually record this podcast on Fridays, (laughs) and right now we're in the middle of a bomb cyclone, and supposedly Boston's getting hit worse than New Jersey, where we're located, so uh, I'm glad it's not this coming week. I'm glad we have a little time to uh, hopefully let... Boston defrost. Yeah, but there still might be some snow up there. So for those of you who don't live in an area where you get snow, you may be in for a little treat. <laughs> um, so while you're there, be sure to swing by our booth. It's booth number 364 to visit our staff and to learn more about our products. We will be giving out free demos of some of our premium services, including Comtel and Foreign Trade data, and these services can help you make better business decisions. So I think it's definitely important to swing by and also bring some of your coworkers along. And we also have some books, posters, and playing cards and different educational materials that are perfect for you know curriculum training or just to even get a little bit more knowledge yourself even if you've been in the industry for a while I think there's you know some new things that you can learn from it and you buy more and we offer bundle prices too exactly so (laughs) win-win so definitely yeah see us at booth 364 at seafood expo north america but let's dive into the world of seafood now with some news uh this week I had a chance to talk to Anthony Kingsley of U.S. Foods and Anthony is the food distributor's local and sustainable lead And following the release of their 2018 Spring Scoop line, he was kind enough to break down some of their their Serve Good program and Progress Check initiative. So a big trend that has emerged is that people want to hear the story behind how their food is made, right? You know, from how it's grown, where it comes from, how it's raised, and how it's caught. And that's kind of what U.S. Foods is doing. They're helping restaurants and food service operators, you know, kind of achieve that, right? That's correct, Nicole. So U.S. Foods actually shared some interesting stats with us, and 67% of consumers say that they would have a better impression of a restaurant that offered sustainable foods. Wow, 67%. Is is that something you look for when you go out? It's not something that I have just because I, you know, didn't really think it was an option, but now that it's emerging, I think it's something that I will look for. Yeah, you're seeing more like, uh, not maybe not you right now, but mm-hmm. I'm sure <laughs> once you go to like your next restaurant, I want you to look for these little logos that are appearing on these menus. Um, and this, a lot of these uh, vendors and brands are, they want people to know that their food is, is you know, being responsibly sourced, that it's, you know, certified and, you know, that they're not damaging the you know, the world and and overfishing and, you know, partaking in illegal fishing and all that stuff. And and U.S. Foods is helping along the way with that. So uh, another fun stat is at least 80% of diners want to know more about their food source. 
Um, and that's, you know, all great. But like, how do these independent restaurants meet this demand for responsible menu options? And like I said, some places they, you know, they highly promote that their food is MSC certified, BAP certified and all this. But U.S. Foods created their Serve Good program um, to take the guessing out of what's responsibly sourced and what companies are contributing to waste reduction. So they have like a whole list of, you know, products that are responsibly sourced. So if you're a vendor and you, you don't want to have to look around and do research and find out which companies, which like U.S. They food do has, the work for you, exactly. essentially. So this program for them is fairly new, right? Have they tested yeah. it in any of the markets yet? Or? So it actually launched in uh, June 2016. Uh, so the program is not even two years old. Uh, but it started off with 24 products, and today they have 300 products that meet third-party certification. So their product offerings have definitely grown, um, but they also introduced a new initiative called Progress Check, and that was designed to specific, it's like just for seafood. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Progress Check initiative highlights vendors that are on the path towards achieving the sustainable certifications that are required to be part of the Serve Good program. So right now there's uh, around 20 seafood products that are in the Serve Good por- portfolio, um, of those, nine are part of their progress check. So, I mean, it has everything from like um, seared yellowfin tuna slices and smoked salmon and smoked trout. It's got a couple of different things on there, but it's, it's just interesting to see that, you know, they're giving these, these vendors another option. So are they focusing on seafood first or do they have any, you know, of the other commodities like red meat or poultry? Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's, they have a variety. Well, it's all part of their serve good program, but the progress check is just for seafood. Okay. But their serve good program has anything, anything. you can imagine on it. Like I said, 300 items, it's... You're bound to find, if you're not in seafood, you're bound to find other things on there that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Anthony actually told me that their initial launch of the Serve Good program, they found that vendors required a lot of time and resources and prior commitment to meet these like high level sustainability need, uh, like standards. Um, so specifically seafood, that's that's tough. So that's why they wanted to work with these vendors to meet these goals. And, that, and that's how the progress progress. <laughs> Words, Amanda, words. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just so excited about this program. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a cool pro- like program. I think it's really cool that they want to help these vendors because I'm sure it does take a lot of time and a lot of stress off of the vendors' backs because of how demanding you know the consumers are being now wanting to know where their food comes from. So I think that this program you know, is really going to benefit all ends of the spectrum. Hands down. And uh, it's kind of a feel-good story, which I like, but uh, I kind of want to go dark now. So can we please talk about Carlos the Codfather Raphael? If we must. (laughs) Cue the Creepy Godfather theme music, please. I don't know how it goes. I've never seen this (laughs) movie, right? Well, we definitely can't afford the rights to play that on the podcast anyway, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. But uh, so Carlos Raphael is behind bars, but New Bedford is still feeling the consequences of his actions. And so this story really isn't exactly about the Codfather, but it's about uh, Noah's ground fishing ban. It's uh, still happening. It started in November, and what's happening is that there's like, some serious financial loss in New Bedford. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I don't think what people realize is like, so there's a ton of fishermen that are out of work because of this, but what I don't think a lot of people realize is that, you know, there, there's more than just the fishermen. Like, we're talking now about there's, um, like, safety marine equipment. Mm-hmm. Sales of that are down. Uh, there's fewer gallons of gas that are, are being sold because the boats aren't going out. Uh, people who manufacture fishing nets. Uh, yeah, so it's a ton of businesses that you wouldn't normally think of being affected. Like I said, you know, when you just hear that, you know, the ground fishing ban, there's a, you know, the fishery's closed. 
like I said, it's not just fishermen, it's other businesses. And, uh, you know, there was a study done, um, I think, within the first 30 days, the ban, that showed that the ban actually affected the entire Northeast. Um, there was a professor that said that there were about 300 jobs were lost by the ban um, and an income loss, an estimate of $5.7 million. Oh. Um, So in terms of retail, he says that number surges to $12 million. That's a Big loss. Exactly. So Sector 9 shut down. Hopefully, you know, they can resolve that. I know Sector 9 board members are, are working hard to, to kind of solve that issue. And um, I really hope so, just because you, you don't want to see anybody go out of business. I know a lot of these businesses said that they're trying to, you know, prevent layoffs. And I, I hope this whole thing can turn around. It's it just, it's really crazy to see what one person, you know, can do to an entire industry. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I, I think it's important for people to know that, you know, it's... It's not just fishermen. You know, the fishing industry covers a lot more than that. Right. So. Our final story of the day. Oh. Nicole, are we losing you? <laughs> this is also our lunchtime, so I think Nicole's I'm, I'm fading. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> All right. Well, this is perfect then for lunch. We can, we can get lobster after this. Uh, our final story of today is Maine's lobster landings. Uh, we got the numbers for 2017. They were released Friday. And the landings uh, for 2017 are the sixth highest on record. That's pretty impressive to me. Yes and no. <laughs> so, oh, oh, guess it's not. <laughs> it's a sharp fall from 2016's numbers. Ooh. So uh, landings for 2017 were 110 million pounds, and that's a 16% drop from last year. Uh, 2016's lobster landings were 132 million pounds, um, which was a jump from 2015, which saw 122 million pounds. So, uh, you know, the loss of, of 22 million pounds of lobster was mainly um, felt in like Canadian processing. That's where Maine um, exports from Maine to Canada fell by 16 million pounds in the summer of 2017. Uh, those numbers are from our seafood news publisher, John Sackton. Uh, so, like I said, it's, it's still. Six highest on record, it's still not that bad, but in addition to the decrease in landings, value in 2017 also dropped from $4.08 a pound to $3.91 a pound. Um, so the overall value for last year's fishery was $433 million. Like I said, sharp fall from 2017, but... But not bad compared to Yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone's complaining about $433 million. I wouldn't complain about that much. I'll <laughs> tell you that one for sure. Well, that wraps up our podcast for today. And once again, this podcast is brought to you by Erner Berry. Um, but don't forget, you too can be a part of this podcast, and we would love to have you be a part of this podcast. If you are interested in sponsoring the Seafood News podcast, which are released weekly, preferably on Mondays, you can reach out to our advertising department at advertise at earnerberry.com, or you can give us a call at 732-240-5330. I hope you call in because I'm looking forward to speaking with you guys. Exactly. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Seafood News, on Twitter, Seafood News, and on Instagram, Seafood Seafood News. News. Make it easy for you guys. Yes, there you go. Well, until next week, guys. Exactly. Have a good week. Have a good one.